are the people I truly serve. Salmons, this is Year Zero. Today, Coop is back on the show. We continue our series on philosophy versus ideology. The subject of today's discussion is women or the thrusting of women into the role that they are currently residing in in modern society, I guess would be a better way of saying it. This was a interesting discussion and one that I had been looking forward to because I knew it was coming because unlike you guys, I'm privy to that information. So, and I think y'all will enjoy it. We, uh, I think we did a good job of not being too provocative unnecessarily and just sticking to our guns. So therefore, uh, it should be fruitful, uh, for the minds of many, but first ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs, go to ryanbunting.com. Ryan Bunting is a great libertarian and a great anarcho-capitalist. He's also a great graphic designer. He designed my podcast logo and Pete Quinones podcast logo for free man beyond the wall. So go to ryanbunting.com for all of your graphic design needs and buy his book project Manicore. It's pretty good. Thank you, Tom Burton for the music. And don't forget to go to the libertarianinstitute.org. And check out all the podcasts there at the libertarianinstitute.org. There's also some great articles. Jim Bovard writes for the Libertarian Institute pretty regularly. And Jim is a great writer. Scott writes uh, for the Institute regularly. Sheldon Richmond writes for the Institute at least weekly. Pete Quinones writes for the Institute as well. So go to the libertarianinstitute.org and check out the articles and the podcasts. And buy some of their books too. There's some good ones there. Enjoy the show. Okay. Coop, what's up, dude? Not much. Cigars and scotch for this topic. Yeah, no shit. I should have gotten something stronger than Coors. <laughs> Whatever does you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm out in the yard. I can't I can't get too wild today. I gotta go to work tomorrow. So Right, right. Got to be up at four o'clock. That's not good. Oh, I love it. I get up, I get up, and I spend the first hour, hour and a half of my day just reading and (laughs) drinking coffee, and then I get to go to work. So, I yeah, I prefer getting up quite a bit, quite a bit before I have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's it gives me. I, I drink about three cups of coffee and I read for about an hour, hour and a half, and that that gives me a good footing on the day, you know. Yeah. You got it. You got it. I don't understand people that just jump into it. I used to. I did when I, especially when I was over the road. When I was over the road, it was like I'd get up, I'd I'd take my dog out of the truck, bring him for a walk for you know fifteen twenty minutes, let him use the bathroom, 
go get me my coffee and I'd get, I'd do my pre-trip and get on the road while I'm drinking my first cup of coffee. So yeah, I like it a lot better being home. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm much more, I feel, I feel much more stabilized in, in my day-to-day routines. Well, that you're getting old, man. Yeah. Well, I'm still not getting near as much fucking done as I'd like to get done, but at least I have seen progress every day. And it's not like I come home every week going, Jesus Christ, when am I ever going to get to fucking do this shit? You know? So, right, right. so at least I'm getting some of it knocked out, you know? And uh, yeah. I, got, I got this, I got my room painted and my shelf put up over there and then started tearing up the wall over here to the right of me um, where where my chair hit. So I'm going to have to touch up the paint there and put chair rail up so to protect it. But, you know, we're getting there. Uh, so I think we were going to talk about uh, about women. I was I was I was just trying people. to put it off as long as possible. Yeah, I I, I figured as much. Like I said, <laughs> uh, this, this topic required a a good stiff drink and a cigar. <laughs> <clears throat> so w- with with the development of boys uh, and and their requirements as they grow into to manhood and what what society reflects back to them today, we're going to kind of follow the, the same, uh, same template. Um, and I think the, the good, the good point to start on is with, with boys, we mentioned that they had to go through, uh, uh coming of age, so to speak, mm. uh, a ritual, a, pa- a rite of passage. Right. Um, undertaken with uh, with other men in the family group you know the the uncles the, the uh typical hunting tribal setup um and and that kind of uh allowed them to understand both their powers and their limitations um with with girls it's a it's kind of a different scenario girls are rooted in in eventually becoming a woman they Mm. they have that innate characteristic where the rite of passage for them is more reflected in in biological events right than it is with boys um and historically and and spiritually it's been related to uh menstruation and uh, you had you had stated in the in the one we did on boys i don't remember if you if you remember this uh, specific quote, but it was one that a lot of people picked up on, on Twitter, especially. <clears throat> and you had said that <clears throat> men are made, uh, women are born. And, um, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, quite interesting and important. And, you know, my wife, whenever I first mentioned it to her that you said that she was like, what, you know, kind of took offense to it. And then I was like, no, I, it's not, it's not, saying that there's an inadequacy about a woman or anything like that. That's not what we're getting at. Um, I no. what, what it really means is that when it comes to, when it comes to men, mm-hmm. there is such a huge doorway for, for absolute, absolutely being fucked up. Right. Yeah. If you look at like the, and, and uh, that, and that, and that the destruction capable of boys that don't become men uh, levels, level societies right uh makes for a terrible environment 
I was I was um, gonna. What is that? What is that curve called? Where they they usually map um, intelligence with with it. it. It's a curve where men there's like a higher percentage of men that become. Are you talking about the, the Pareto? Yes. Yes. Pareto yes. Yeah. And so like this, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like women kind of fit into the smaller arena where men kind of are broader and there's there's more psychopaths there's more geniuses yes. there's there's yeah. like this this huge array of what what men become in their lives and with women it is less so there's there's less yeah. of of a stretch between one one woman and the next yeah that and and that goes into what i'm saying is is that uh women ultimately are more rooted in in biology and mm. in the matter and the material uh, and therefore the historical and mythological uh, uh, association with the earth right like earth is is matter mm -hmm. material and and mater mother those are all the same words right yeah and well and and where you plant a seed you know and and it and it comes to fruition and it germinates and yes and yeah. it requires it that that whole cycle whether or not you're associating it to the the planting of a seed to grow into a tree or or a vegetable plant or or anything like that is is has a prerequisite for uh being stable yeah. right right and and therefore that that is exemplified in the in the narrow the comparatively narrow confines of the Pareto distribution with regards to behavior. Um, and and therefore, as I say, if, if you have if you have a situation um, in which uh, men are are not shown the way to be a man, right? Then that then that starts to affect the environment um, in the same way that uh, storms can affect the growing season. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to reel it back a bit. Okay. Um, um, the root of the biological coming of age for women is it is in in the menstrual cycle, and and the attributes of, of puberty where girls change physically a lot more than men do in more different uh, and drastic ways over a shorter period of time. Um, and how society begins to treat, whether it's a tribal society or an expanded civilization, how it starts to treat girls that become women changes so drastically in such a short period of time mm. um, and that is due to uh, uh, the availability of of fertility in that individual whereas with boys um, uh, both both our ability to produce children is extended longer right mm -hmm. um, and that same same aspect the way that boys are treated doesn't change until they go through a rite of passage to manhood and adopt the auspices of masculine behavior or mature masculine behavior. So in that, in that sense, uh, 
women women are born right mm -hmm. they are born of their biological change right whereas men have to be created by the society and other men around them and that has to be accepted by society right that's the other important thing when when a girl turns into a woman right the shift is biological and it's not dependent upon society to determine whether or not a girl has become a woman hmm. but it is dependent upon society to accept whether or not a boy has become a man huh. so so uh, you have that you have that direct relationship you, you know <laughs> You, something just popped in my head when you said that. All right, so just just bear with me for one second. This isn't like gen, like necessarily on the topic, but it does ha kind of have to do with the the fuller scale of what we're talking about um, on all these topics and and where we're heading in general. So I'm thinking like when you're saying this that society has to approve of a man, and it does not have to approve of a woman has to has to recognize i should say yeah yeah i i get what you're saying like it's it's but it's it's this it's i look at approval as too moralistic it's not uh i got you okay okay but they have to they have to accept you as that as of to which you're becoming right you have to yeah. you have to make it through the gates you know and you know, so to speak, and, and, and prove yourself worthy of the title of man. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it, what popped into my head is the amount of <laughs> soy boy beta males that want to identify as a woman here, here in the last, you know, generation. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, they have they don't they don't they can't prove themselves worthy of the label of man so instead of going through life completely ashamed of their inability to accomplish and pass through these rights they would they would prefer to cling on to the biological method of saying I have become because of my biology. And, right. Well, yeah. generally, Tommy, I don't address the the topic of uh, of gender fluidity with regards to these things um, because I look at I look at this entire uh, this entire episode in society and what we're going through with regards to these imposed social conversations mm -hmm. right yeah as being as being irrelevant to reality yeah okay right that's fine i i i, I speak to the reality that that will perpetually assert itself despite what we can intellectualize and, and that's going back to the the conversation between an objective reality and a, a subjective rhetoric right yeah so this is a lot of subjective rhetoric around the concept of, of, of gender. And like I say, it's like, okay, well, 
you know to me it's like talking about whether or not bell bottoms are cool eventually <laughs> they're not going to be cool right yeah and and it's just a fashion or a fad and it, and it affects such a very very small number of people in the population that it's it's going to lose its value after it loses its political power right yeah yeah um, no I, I i think i think what i'm not trying to dismiss i'm not trying to dismiss these individuals but i'm talking about the greater society and quite often like we we in the west are are looking at this as uh being an example of the entire world but the bottom line is the majority of population of the world don't even talk about that yeah right and they are the individuals that are 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 reproducing more people right right and they're going to pass that on to their children so again it's it's this western centric idea that that our concepts are reflective of of uh, a global reality when that's just not true yeah um, okay that's fair like we don't have to we don't have to talk about it it was just something like i said it popped in my head when you're saying this i'm thinking about it i'm like oh jesus well there is, there is something in that and uh and it has to do with with the overall situation where uh the concept of of recognition has been deconstructed right and therefore there is nobody willing to recognize um males anymore so that they can become men right and that has to do with uh uh fathers that have nothing to do with their children the dissolution of groups like boy scouts and and uh tight family units um like the tribal hunting group mentioned earlier that was made up of uncles and cousins and whatnot Mm -hmm. um when, when we have the dissolution of that we have boys that are seeking recognition right that don't know a what they have to do in order to get that recognition and b who to go to mm. right and the only the only the only mass institution that is providing that right now i would say is is and this is in the western world is uh the military right mm -hmm. or or sporting sporting uh teams and whatnot yeah athletics yeah athletics and athletics is dwindling to uh uh numbers that only reflect uh the intention of professionalism as opposed to the intention of community or camaraderie right right so if, if you do not invest in hockey equipment with for your boy unless you're going to push him to become a professional yeah because most kids these days do not want to become hot professional hockey players not when they have a computer and so pushing them towards that when it's clear that they have no interest is not the same as when i was a kid and you would you would encourage your boy to get involved in team sports so that they could learn about camaraderie and teamwork and things like that. <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, both, you know, you know, it's crazy about what's, what's crazy about that is if, um, you keep seeing, um, and I, I, I do want to get back to the topic at hand women, 
that if you continue to see um, people fall away from the interest of actually doing things like like playing sports, playing hockey, like whatever, um, or or hunting or any of these other things, it's going to render games extinct because there's nothing going to be they're, they're not going to have anything to base the games on you know what i'm saying yeah yeah uh especially in smaller communities um <clears throat> so yeah. when you have when you have that concept of of recognition uh not being necessary for women right mm. then what you have is a, a greater, how can I say this? A greater sympathetic and empathetic um, mindset, right? That is focused more upon um, already knowing your role, right? And being able to fulfill your role in that society, right? as opposed to trying to find yourself. So it's trying to find your, your place in the community as opposed to trying to find out uh, uh, who you are, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and, and ergo, women being more rooted in their biology, right? Oh. There is an innate understanding of, of the role that they are expected to play on a physiological level. Now, I'm not saying that it's a etched in stone, like which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, like everybody should ultimately have their choices to what they do. Hmm. But before people understand uh, what their choices are, there is a, a hardwired program that that kind of directs people towards looking into specific aspects. Right. And, you know, that's why you get girls playing with dolls before they understand that they can be a lawyer. Right. Right. Well, and, um, and it doesn't it's... preclude them from becoming a lawyer. Right. When they when they have a greater understanding of society, but innately they're picking up, picking up their role as potential mothers mm. as, as being the first option that is open to them as right. a woman. Right. Right. And I, what I was going to say is it's, it's, you're not going to hear, or you're very rarely going to hear a conversation between two men as to whether I should focus on my career or being, or having kids. Like that's not, that's not what, how men approach that subject, right? It's right. not an either or for men, but in a lot of cases, at least traditionally, um, it is for women, right? They, yeah. they, they, because they, they've invested so much of their own body into creating this, this species and, and caring for it and nurturing it, that it's, it, it takes, it takes away from anything outside of yeah. their person. Yes. There is the much higher investment required from a mother and a father at the inception of, of right. the child yes um and men so much as so much as it may seem otherwise uh traditionally had to be chosen to be a father right yeah um 
where women have a choice to be a mother. Mm -hmm. um, so when you have this, this uh, trying to find your way within a community based upon a rooted understanding of, of yourself, which is, which is brought to fruition by biological changes, then you have that, that empathy that I say that allows you to navigate the more complex social relationships um, that you would have as a woman in that community. Right? Right. Um, and as a result, uh, women are far more sensitive of environmental cues, right? And, and can be very either, I should say, just very affected by changes in the environment that are positive or negative, right? More so, more so than the stereotypical oblivious male, right? So a male might be ignorant to social cues, might be ignorant to uh, a potential harm, might be ignorant to uh, the disastrous, disastrous effects of being too honest, right? I think it's called brutally honest. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but those are things that, that women grow into being very sensitive and that has to do with how status is achieved differently between between men and women, yeah. um, and that is directly related to well, at, at its base, um, the the ability to do violence. Um, and I think I've I've heard it bantered around in a few conversations that that men are men are physically violent and women are emotionally. And that, that leans into leans into the understanding through empathy that women gain of the communities that they're they're growing into. So, I, um, I, I was I was thinking a while back. Um, I, I had heard it mentioned. I can't remember. I think it was uh, somebody talking about Carl Jung, um, and and his his. Uh, concept of the id right and the anima and the animus and and they they made a comment that kind of struck me um and i don't know if it's something that carl Jung explored i haven't gotten to this point of his exploration if it is something that he has explored but um they said your imagine your relationship with your father if your father were the one who had given birth to you and imagine what how different it would be being a man because you were born into this world in love with the person who birthed you and you go out into the world and seek love from a person of the same sex that birthed you but as a woman you're birth you're in love with the person that birthed you who is the same sex as you and you go out into the world and you seek love of an opposite sex and so that your relationship with a father 
as a man or a woman would be completely different if the father had birthed you instead of the mother. Well, that's that leans into uh, a lot of like um, a lot of uh, a lot of sentiment that I've heard from many different women uh, across the the social board that they would much rather hang out with or be friends with men than they would other women because mm -hmm. and I quote and this is from several women. Women are bitches, according to those women that told me that. Right. Um, <clears throat> and that that kind of explains that uh, uh, that represents the separation from the mother, right? Mm -hmm. That that comes kind of naturally as a result of of women finding their way better into their relationship with males and the masculine mm. right whereas males have to actually have a point of separation from their mother in order to have a healthy relationship with another woman mm. right yeah and that's why quite often the rites of passage were were representative of you're not spending time with your mother anymore. You're spending time with your, with the men. Right. Yeah. And this is the separation. And I think it meant, I think we mentioned it before about, um, if there is no clear demarcation of line, uh, demarcation line between, between a boy and a man that is represented by the separation um, from the mother, then you have boys that are despoiled by their mother who does not want them to become men because they want to maintain the connection that they have with their boys. Yep. That was uh, explored quite quite extensively by uh, Robert Bly in a book called Iron John. Um, if you want, want to have a good understanding of masculinity that's a good place to start it's not a big heavy read but he draws heavily upon upon uh, mythology as well in in that exploration yeah um but with women uh again we, it, we talked about uh we talked you're we talking about psychology a bit so let's let's run with that okay um women have uh in, in the big personality characteristics, they have higher degrees of, of neurotic tendencies. Now that's not a, a negative, it's just a group of things that uh, represent uh, non-static uh, non expressions of personality that is based upon environmental cues more so than it is based upon what is rooted in the individual. I'm not sure if that came out right. Say again, I'm sorry. Uh, my, my dog is climbing all over me. Yeah, if you can't see I'll this, find, I'll find a, <laughs> I'll find a less wordy way to say it. Um, uh, women are higher in neurosis, which are, uh, 
the extreme differences in how the individual reacts based upon environmental cues rather than based on innate personality traits or innate characteristics. Right? Right. So if you have a man in one situation and a woman in the same situation, the man is more likely to react based upon impetus from his own personality characteristics, right, to that event. And a woman is going to react based upon the event, right? And therefore, it's not a static quantity like it, like it expresses itself more often than men. Yeah, well, in when I when I think of being more neurotic, I know a lot of people put negative connotations on being more neurotic, but to me, it no, it, it's it's just a description. Yeah, it's it, it, a it's, it's a descriptive and healthy reaction reactiveness. Right. It, it's also it, yeah. it's it's ex, expressing the fact that when like a person that is more neurotic is is going to be more in tune to the emotional state of what's happening around them right like yes, yes. Yeah. and that's why this goes back into me saying that that women have more of an an empathy with regards to reading their environment right right yeah it, it's tied it's tied into uh neurotic tendencies um, right. like i say if a, a man is greeted with the same situation as a woman the man is more likely to react in a in a uniform and stable way in that situation and the woman is more likely to react based upon what the situation presents yeah and who's right. involved in the situation like you could well, you could have every two, every like, single factor you could imagine right yeah you could have two identical things happening at the exact same time with two different people that are completely opposites and a woman's going to react differently to each of those situations based upon Based, based upon on factors, who, based on factors that, that men typically do not pick up on. Right, exactly. And a man's just going to be like, yeah, like what, almost like apathetic to to an extent. Which I don't know if that's the correct it, it word. It appears it appears as though it's apathetic. Right. Right. Yeah. But what it represents is is a necessary, predictable stability. Right. And I'll explain why. Am I going to explain why that's necessary? Um. Women react based upon environmental cues, right? right? Which creates a higher amount of neurosis in their personality traits, right? Mm -hmm. And both of those things are evolutionarily important. So we'll have a situation where, where women's neurotic tendencies are heightened um, after the period of initial romance, right, where the oxytocin is starting to, to come down a bit, and around the time when it's going to be determined that the relationship is going to take a serious path, or it's going to deviate and, and people are going to part ways, right? And that that period of, of neurosis uh, continues to be heightened up until the point um, where the decision is 
to have a child, and if so, it is increased by hormonal fluctuations, right? Mm -hmm. And all of this is necessary process for the stable personality <clears throat> of the man to both exhibit his stability, right, as strength, but also quell the neuroses of the woman and in doing so create an environment which is going to be suitable for safely raising a child in a positive way mm. right mm -hmm. so and it's called nesting right and and it starts with those psychological cues um you know, oh, she's driving me crazy with this and that and the other thing. And I'm saying all these things don't matter, but I've got to do them or else I won't hear the end of it. Mm. Right. He is he is not perceiving what she is reacting to, but nonetheless has to react in an appropriate way in order to in order to not even react um, in an appropriate way, but respond in an appropriate way. Well, respond. In a, that's what I mean. Respond in an appropriate way in order to quell that those neuroses hmm. right right in, in an effort to nest and create an environment that will be suitable and stable for raising a child right yeah so in other words it's a it's the female putting the impetus on the male to use his power to affect a stable environment suitable for raising a family. Right. And, you, and any, if you any don't person... have that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you don't have that, right, then what you have is, is a neurosis that is met with the reality of an unstable environment. And then you have the children that are the product of that state unstable environment yeah i was I, all i was <clears throat> going to say is any person who's been in a long any any man who's been in a relationship you know for longer than a few months has has witnessed something of this state um whenever i first started working locally and i was no longer over the road uh my wife called me in the middle of the day one day and she was like "Ugh." I miss you more now than I did whenever you were gone. And I was like, okay. And she goes, don't you miss me more? And I was like, no, because I know I'm going to see you at the end of the day. And it's just, it's two different ways of processing the same information. You know, she knows I'm going to be there at the end of the day. And so she wants me there now. Whereas before she knew I wasn't going to be there for a week, you know, yeah. whereas the way I process it is, well, I'm going to be there at the end of the day. So now I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to get to spend my time with my wife. And, you know, yeah. luckily I have a wife that we can talk about these things and laugh about it together and, and see the humor and the way she looks at it and the way I look at it and the way, you know, the, the differences in our perspectives and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So she didn't take it personally, but I remember in my first, when I was, uh, my first marriage that my, uh, my ex-wife called me at work. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? And she was like, oh, I was just calling to think of, uh, tell you I was thinking about you. Are you thinking about me? And I'm like, no, I'm thinking about work. You know, like, I just, 
like I'm at work. I, I'm thinking about work. I'm sorry. That's just not the way that my mind works. I'm not going to be, I'm not randomly thinking about you in the, in the middle of the day. I'm thinking about work and that caused a big fight. Right. right. And probably because both of us were really young and we didn't know how to express ourselves, you know, worth a shit at that point. But yeah. Um, but yeah. And so like you deal with these things in relationships and that, you know, especially marriages and, and you, right. as you're wa walking through this, I can see, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that explains that. I understand this now. <laughs> like I'm getting it. <laughs> so, 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 understanding that the, the neurosis serves a purpose right? right and and that it also has an end point right so the male accomplishes the task of creating the environment that quells the neurosis so they can both get down to the business of providing for and raising a child right mm -hmm. if that neurosis has no end and there are no males that are strong enough or meet the requirement to quell those neuroses. Right. And you have a society that plays upon and amplifies those neuroses, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have the unhinging of, of women from the requirements that they were informed of by their biological changes coming into womanhood. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do we have? We have, we have movements that are telling women that if you're a mother, you're not good enough. You're a disservice to women. You have commercials that are telling women that you're not thin enough. You're not pretty enough. You haven't got this. You're not rich enough. You should be you should be a mother and a lawyer and a doctor and a surgeon and be going to the moon. Mm. Right. And you also have a voice telling them those things don't matter. Right. That that being unhealthy is OK, that society has to accept you whatever way and all of these things. Right. Regardless of their individual merits or arguments or whatever. They, they are an aggregate of confusion. And it's the aggregate of confusion that feeds the neurosis. Right. In other words, there is a message in there for women that plays upon every single insecurity that women can have individually. Right. Right. It is a smorgasbord of insecurities. Uh, uh, all you can eat buffet, you can pick what you want off the table. There is an insecurity there for women that society is going to play upon and amplify. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you have that, that dangerous coupling of, of boys that, that don't become men, right. Mm. And women that never, never get the experience of not being led by neuroses that are amplified by society, then you have uh, more or less uh, the breakdown of how our species is intended to function. 
right? We, we have a civilization that is contrary to how we are evolutionarily informed in order to continue forward as a healthy species. Right. Yeah. And, and bringing it back to the mythology, um, it, it's, it's perfectly understandable why you would say women submit to your husband because the husband as quote unquote, the head of the household, it's, it's not because they're superior to you, but it's because the way that they approach the, the obstacle at hand. Right. Well, it's and, not even it. I think the the issue is with the word submission, right? Well, it's because of what it's we not, see what submission saying, as. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But what I'm saying is that submission it has it supposed to be intended. Again, this is a rhetorical casuistry that is a dirty wordplay, right? right? Yes. The reality is, women let men uh, allow men to be the comfort that they can be to create that security to create that security to create that environment right and then I, and then it and then it goes on to say men love your wives and and that has to do with the neurosis and and their their desire their need like to to constantly have that affection laid upon them yeah. right but because, uh, but the because, current narrative um, the current narrative um with regards to with regards to how it how it's been swung around right mm -hmm. is first there's been the dismantling of of masculinity right and therefore leaving no men that can provide that comfort but men still requesting that as their role in society so right. in other words uh it's it's being disarmed to attack that social issue, right? While still demanding the right to approach that issue. And then, might, and, then the have, and then the rhetoric is is being said, well, and it's true rhetoric, is that there is no man left to do that. And it can't be argued against because that's true, right? Right. So we have to go back to where did that disarmament begin and how did that disarmament begin so that so that the demand could be easily rejected and truthfully rejected right i want i want you to correct me if i'm wrong here because i i, I think i might i i'm looking at it a little bit of opposite than what the way you're looking at it so i just want i just want to kind of dig into this like little portion here a little bit more um the way i see it is there was the disillusion of the home by making women feel like they could be <clears throat> men. Like, I, I don't want to say adequate no, to men no, because no. adequate's not the right word. It's, and, uh, it started then, way before that. And then there way was the feminization that. of men. You, you feel like the no, feminization... No, it started way before took... that. Okay. okay. It started way before that. Okay. What happened was when the when civilization expanded, right? right? Um, the power to create said civilization tipped the balances too much in the favor of men. Okay. Right. Okay. And as the result of anything that experiences too much power, right? Right. 
the concept of masculinity became corrupted by that power. Right. And therefore, men were given too much license that was separate from accountability to their families. Right. Mm -hmm. And therefore, with that license uh, became corrupted behaviorally without anything to reel them, reel that power in without okay. anything to focus. Right. If you look at the intemperance movement, the intemperance movement was a direct, a direct uh, movement to make men more accountable to their families, right? And it was right. through the, the the abolition of of, of legal alcohol use, mm. right? Because alcohol was perceived as a tool for licentiousness, right? And men staying away from the family and not being accountable to the family, right? I mean, that so was that part was, of it, but yeah, okay. That was, well, that was the point is, you know, men are always out drunk, right? right? They work and then they think because they work, they have the right to go out and get drunk and spend all the money on alcohol and not be with the kids, hmm. right? Yeah, so I'd be a responsible, so, so in, I'd be a responsible uh, husband because I come home and get drunk. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, temp so temperance was, was an attempt. <clears throat> the temperance movement was a an attempt to reel masculinity back in and and refocus it on its true on its true center of power which was not economic right mm. in other words it was men you don't have the right to be an asshole just because you make money right you you have responsibilities here right yeah so that's just an example and, and it started before that Right. Okay. Yeah, I know because uh, like th like the history I've read of the temperance movement, and maybe I'm just reading different like articles and essays than you are, is they always point it back um, to the fact that men were were drinking on the job, and there was like this culture of drinking while you were at work, and <clears throat> no, and the, no, it started the, actually with the religious concept of oh, okay. of, of adherence to the family unit. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So it started as a religious movement. Okay. Also. So that was a, so the it whole em employers, the whole employer, like putting pressure on the government because they weren't getting as much production as they should be getting out of an eight hour day or a 10 hour day. It was, that was just kind of like a secondary side issue. Yeah. It was just a secondary side issue that gotcha. was played up by the, played up by the, the movement at the time as another reason or an economic reason, or another way to get uh, a different group of people on board for, for a different reason. Gotcha. But it started it started with uh, uh, with what what was perceived of as women as an attack on the family unit mm. yeah. by the by the devil alcohol. Okay. Right. And it really was, but it was just one of many starting many years before that. Right. So. <clears throat> the the concept of patriarchy as it's discussed now is actually the patriarchy has what has disempowered men but not in the way the rhetoric is going now mm. right what what the patriarchy did was create too much of a power balance or power imbalance right mm. that invited that left the door open for men to abandon their true responsibility right mm-hmm under the auspices of accepting uh, civilizational responsibility or the weight of the world is on, 
this is a man's world. Well, because it's a man's world, I have to deal with this and that, and therefore I should be able to do what I want. Right. But it it doesn't work like that on a on an evolutionary level, right? Yeah. It, it feels like to me, I, I don't know, and and so I, I maybe maybe I'm too dismissive of this conversation whenever it does pop up because it always seems to me like they're describing like first century BC Rome. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, like what does that have um, to do with 2021 America? Like no, what, the, what you're not. saying Rome, makes no, no sense to me. It, 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 uh, well, that concept, uh, itself is, uh, the patriarchy was not in full effect in Rome. Right. Yeah. The preponderance of power was not yet dissolved. Okay. In a lot of those societies, like I like to go back to the Greek society, the, the woman was the master of the home, uh-huh. right? Uh, Rome's soldiers went to war so that they could have land and raise a family. It wasn't for their own glory or for the glory of the empire. It was rooted very much in their desire to start a family. I guess, I guess my, my thing is I'm thinking about like the, the mindset kind of like the, the Greek soldiers had that they would have affairs with other Greek soldiers because they had this, that's a, that's Spartan culture, right? right? They had this belief, Um, they had this Greek, Greek culture, like the the Greek city states, Sparta was just a small example of, of, uh, the way to mentally inculcate uh, a level of camaraderie that would amplify their military strength. Um, in, in Greece, right? Yeah. If in Greece, if you had gay relationships, you were not allowed to vote. Mm. Right. Um, you were, you were, um, you were, if you, if you, uh, that's another um, thing that people if don't you committed pederasty if you committed pederasty as a man in, in greek culture um the penalty was death right there's a lot of 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 bullshit going on about greek society even though even though it's it's very very much in the records with regards to how things are well I, I don't i don't remember who it was that i was i was reading uh, a few weeks ago and they were, they were making what, what I was getting at though. Like they were making the point that the Greeks, maybe it was the Romans, maybe it wasn't the Greeks. And I, I could be wrong there. There was so much going on in this <clears throat> society during that time that it's really hard to kind of identify who's well, what late state, late stage Rome, late stage Rome, right. As yeah. a symptom, as a symptom of its decline. <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. It was experiencing the dissolution of the familial role in individuals' lives. Right, and right. they were th- this, and, and that this... was the that was the orgiastic. Who cares, etc., etc., etc. Right, right, yeah. And that's what that's why Rome introduced Christianity as its national, as its empirical religion, was to reinstitute an anchor of stability was based back in traditional family mm. rules because gotcha. paganism, paganism did not have that 
uh, have that moral law, moral strength, mm. right? In order to hold together the empire. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. I, well, uh, I no, <laughs> what what I what I was trying to say because I think it fits in what with what we're talking about is is during the during the Roman period, right? There was there was the there was this belief that you could. I think it was Socrates even wrote or Plato wrote this, uh, like about may I, I don't know. So I I'm just trying to like put together like how I want to say it. So there was this belief that you could not love somebody that was at a lower tier or a lower like level than you. So they would have affairs within the military and, and to express their love because they couldn't possibly love their wife, which is why it was such a shocker for people to hear whenever Christianity did come around and they were being told men love your wives. They were like, what, how can you love somebody that's inferior to you? And we're not making the argument. I'd like, that... I'd like, I'd like to see who wrote that. I've never heard or read anything like that. Um, I, I'll are, have to, I'll have to go are, back and find are, it. It's been a couple of weeks since I wrote it. There are treatises on, on the, the, the treatment of slaves, which was not the same as, as individuals within your own caste, mm -hmm. right? And that, that uh, a master could not love a slave. Right. And, and that the interactions between them were purely material, mm -hmm. right? And that absolved them of any, any moral sense, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as, as far as, as far as the treatment of wives go, um, you have to remember that anybody of status was married to a woman of status and that woman of status still had a family whose status was dependent upon the maintenance of that status. Mm -hmm. So no matter how high status you were, you did not want to treat your wife like shit. If you did not want his, your father-in-law and your brother-in-law plotting against you for dishonoring their family. Mm. right right um again i think there are, i think there are way too many uh bad interpretations of that society that that have have uh more recent politicized motives behind their interpretation mm. than than what the on the ground reality uh, both shows and 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 exemplifies by how that society operated Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and you have, you know, what, 22, 2000 plus years to interpret and corrupt and manipulate like any actions, any which yeah. way you want, especially when they're like the actions are, well, are different than the way we would act in modern society. Well, even even more, especially when ancient languages um, were developed um, based upon contextual use. Mm. Right. Yeah. And we're less less refined than English is today, right? Um, and that's one of the advantages of the advancement of language is that English language, very specifically, it can borrow from all these different languages in order to create a lexicon that uh, that allows us to identify and be very specific with what we're saying, hmm. right? 
Whereas in Japanese, for example, the Japanese, um, after the Meiji restoration and the beginning of industrialization happened, they could not apply their language as, as it was in order to describe uh, mechanical or technical things because they were contextually based. So they had to create a technical Japanese language in order to describe technical precise things. And it's very much the same as, as trying to interpret uh, languages, um, ancient languages, is that they too were very rudimentary and contextual compared to modern English. Right. And therefore very open to interpret broad interpretations, right? Hmm. Um, that just did not seem to fit the social structure, but only these experts had time to decipher them. So nobody really was going to dispute them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, um, all right. So <clears throat> when you're, when you're looking, when you look at, at the modern society, when you're looking, when you just kind of like step out of your own body and you're, you're looking around and you're, and you're, you're, and you're examining the features of of what is happening between men and women. Like, what are you what are you witnessing? I'm witnessing I'm witnessing the results of a lot of confusion, mm. and I'm witnessing it being fed by individuals and groups of individuals that see advantage in creating a reality separate from what is evolutionarily intended yeah whether that be whether that be profiteers right utilizing advertising and lifestyle advertising to to political groups who who gain power through disunity um and, and what I see is that one of the greatest things that we have aspired to, which is the strength of individualism as being our weakness in that we cannot unify enough to push back against these groups. Yeah. And we're having, we're having what would unify us as a species taken away from us by affecting the way we develop on our in our fundamental evolutionary levels right encourage boys encourage boys to remain boys and remove the means with which they become men take advantage of how women develop from girls and feed into the requirement they have from society in order to gain any respite and add to their insecurities. So you create a perpetually neurotic population of women and a disempowered, disenfranchised boys that never become the men that are capable of assuaging those feminine neurosis. Yeah, it's and then you have the replacement of those those uh, dualistic aspects of our species, right? 
mm. with things that are readily controlled by the powers that be. One of the uh... like substitutions that that are not fulfilling. Yeah. That that do not have any positive social end. That's what I see. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. It, 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 yeah, what what I was what I was gonna say is because you made me think of this. Is I I ran into. I don't. This was a couple of years back, and so I I can't quote it exactly as as it as it was presented. But it was it was one of these things that you hear, and it kind of sticks with you, and you just kind of like file it in the back of your head because you're like, oh, that's interesting. I don't I don't know what I think about this. But it's interesting. So they were they were they were contemplating the relationship between feminism in the West and and uh, jihadis or Islamism in in the East, right? And they were saying the why why is it that these women that are out there speaking on behalf of feminism or these people that are out there speaking on behalf of feminism, speaking on behalf of gays, speaking on behalf of trans speaking, you know, in these ways are also defending people that would stoned in the death or throw them off the roofs of buildings for, for heresy. Right. And that's what yeah. I was saying about the bedrock aspect of our evolutionary impetuses. Right. is that no matter what we intellectualize, we are still under the sway of, of uh, basic psychological impulses. Right. Exactly. right. That's exactly what made me think of this is, is because like he, he broke it down and I can't remember, he gave a historic example and I'm not even going to like attempt to give that example because I can't remember which example he gave. But basically, he he went through. I think. Oh, it was the Japanese. It was the Japanese women in World War II that left with American soldiers that that married Americans, or the Vietnamese in Vietnam. It was one of those two. Anyway, um, and, and the amount of Americans that American men that took like either Vietnamese or Japanese wives uh, due to their superior masculinity, and so basically, yes. he's saying that. Feminists, as much as they like say they detest masculinity, are attracted to the masculine of the the Islamist, right? And that's basically what well, there was. There was quite a few articles put put out after the major push of feminism between 2014 and 2016, hmm. where it was a lot of uh, female journalists who had written about the patriarchy, et cetera, et cetera, and the rise of feminism and massive support of them and, and deconstructing the aspects of masculinity, right. basically saying that they're negative. Uh, by 2018, they were writing articles about how their sensitive man, right, who is willing to do the housework and look after the child, et cetera, et cetera, does not have any sexual appeal to them anymore. Right. And that and that they were attracted to these Chad apathetic 
carrying conservatives. <laughs> and I'm not joking. You can readily you can readily find those articles on all of the usual outlets, usually leftist outlets, right. whether they're from you know. Um, and and that that was the point. It was the reckoning with their biological impetus and the fact that their psychology, right, mm. was greatly influenced by their biological impetus. Right. Regardless of their intellectualization. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of basically what this guy was saying. It was like like their their attraction to the Islamist is because the Islamist is is, you know, uh executing masculinity better than Western men. And so that and that's the pro and that's a problem. That's right. a problem. If that is if that is the example of masculinity that is left that they are attracted to, then that is a clear indication that 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 true masculinity, right, mm. is is in serious trouble. Right. Yeah, no, de definitely. And that was kind of like the point he got to. He was like, look, man, he goes, it just tells you how fucking how 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 much of like how big a pussies Western men are. Because they're willing to go, they're willing to defend and love and adore men that would kill them, would murder them in a heartbeat just for expressing an, one of their opinions. And and like we're we're so tolerant here in the West, they have no respect for us whatsoever. None. Yeah. None. And uh, I have very little respect for us too. Yeah. Well, you know, I just yeah, I'm just gonna weed eat and farm and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whatever <laughs> i don't even know what to do man like my 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 boys are my boys are grown they're raised and uh you know they they want to come around here and learn some more tricks so they can come around here and learn some more tricks i don't i don't know what to tell them i can't make them do it so well me, I didn't have any kids, and that's good because I didn't want to raise barbarians in Rome. <laughs> that's, that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Do you uh, one of the one of the subjects I want to get with you on is I bought that book that we had chatted about with Matt Erickson. Um, the I think it's called the fourth fourth turning. Yeah, the fork turning. Um, right, the cycles. Yeah, so that's that's something I'll, I do want to get with you on here in the future. And I know, like, you have, like, you said that's like a microcosm. So I'm really interested. It is. I'm and really before you get into that, what I'd like you to read is a book by Alvin Toffler called Future Shock. Text that to me. I will. I'll, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it today. Yeah, just text it. I to think me. it was. Uh, it's relatively short. It's an easy read. I think it was uh, 1971. He was a Harvard professor back when Harvard actually meant something. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. um, but a very well-known book, but I think it's been forgotten. Um, and he expounds on the generational component that that goes along very well with the with the turning mm -hmm. concept. So well, you I have think to, the, you I have think, to integrate those two things in order to get like a really good broad picture of uh, of how it pertains to modern times and, and how the divide in generations is affecting those turning cycles, right? Which is not something that he uh, he can he really tackles in that book. Yeah. 
Well, I was just um, going to say example, that I think I have, that uh, more I, com- I have more in common with somebody that's 30 years older than me than I do with somebody who's eight years younger than me. Oh, yeah, for sure. So much of the focus of my podcast is to point out abuses of power and how bad things have gotten and the direction in which we're heading as a society. And it can be a real black pill. I've partnered up with Richard Grove to offer my listeners an opportunity to sign up to his autonomy course. Uh, The autonomy course is designed for people looking for solutions, people that want to shape their own future, people that are not willing to be at the behest of large corporations or the United States government or the banking system. The autonomy course is designed for those of you who wish to have complete control of the reins of your life, who are looking to be successful, that to thrive and not just survive, to provide for your family by utilizing your existing skills and learning how to market and sell those skills in order to be your own boss or learn new skills in order to leverage that into a new career opportunity. So if there's a job out there you've been trying to get or you've been wishing you could get, but you just don't have the skills for it, the autonomy course is the place for you to start, to learn how to land that position, to learn how to market yourself better, to gain confidence, and to be surrounded by a community of like-minded people that will encourage you and help you along the way. So use my affiliate links and... Go check out the autonomy course. It could be right for you. For sure. But all I was going to say is I think there is like, um, I, I think the fourth turning is kind of works in like cohesion with the Bible, right? Because there's so many cycles in the Bible. And like when you start reading through it, you're like, oh, oh, okay. That's oh, basic. They, they, you want to get it? You want to get it? Basically, did the same thing, like like thousand years after the Tower of Babel. They just keep doing the same shit. Will you stop doing the yeah, same shit, yeah. you fucking um, idiots? Okay, if you want to get into that discussion, Tommy, I'm going to need a bit of time to uh, prepare because it's been a long time since I studied that. So I'm going to have to refresh my memory very specifically with regards to the numbers involved here. Um, but yeah, the uh, the cycles are extended. Uh, much farther than decades and well with the reason i brought this up i I didn't i didn't bring this up to digress like because like i'm we're both like completely interested in all kinds of like things so uh the reason i brought this up is because i'm wondering and i don't know like i'm 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 seriously curious about this has there been another period in time where we've seen masculine masculinity and femininity do what we're what we're witnessing today because it feels like it's unique right but i want to say like there's nothing new under the sun you know like kind of like that's kind of like how i feel about it like i'm like okay this can't be that unique so like do you know okay, of so time? what we'll do so what we'll do is i i don't know right and that's the thing the farther back you go the the less 
the less informed you are. Right. It doesn't matter. There's just not enough information. Well, and it also seems and those like the people further that back say, you go, the less likely it is. Those people that say they know this and they know that, um, it's like they're they're it's like they're saying they know the dictionary having evidence of three words. Yeah. Right. Um and that's what that's what qualifies them as fucking crazy to me. It's like, no, you can like take a guess based upon that, but accept that 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 your knowledge of it is limited to that very, very small cluster of facts. Right. Right. So and everything else is is just speculation. It's, it's you know, you're getting into it's lizard people fucking territory when when you go back that far and start making grand claims. Right? <laughs> all you can do all you can do is is I can go I can go back to the beginning of of religion so to, so to speak and mm. and the base touch points of of the most ancient rooted mythologies find the commonalities between disparate communities right and then and then make an assertion based upon those commonalities and develop kind of a structure that fills itself out more as you go through history and become more informed now if it matches right if it matches it from the, its inception of very few facts and and everything lines up as you become more informed then you can make a judgment as to how accurate your your prognostication or your speculation might be right but so that's kind of how i do it it's it's more or less a reverse engineering of of things back to a certain point where there's very little information and going well that little bit of information has a direct line to the information that we have now Right. And what are the odds of that? Yeah. Right. And that's just it. It's playing an odds game. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. if you want, we can, I can talk about, and that draws into it very interestingly. Um, and so if you want, we'll do a completely speculative podcast as to, as to why, why I think this is happening based upon, based upon the history right okay um but again it's just going to be speculation it's more fun than anything i don't yeah. want anybody flying off the handle or or thinking that it's some weird grand conspiracy but there there are enough things that make you go hmm to make it an interesting discussion okay yeah we can de we can definitely do that i just i just wanted to know like <laughs> it it the way that that things happen in cycles and and even though like like it's been said history doesn't necessarily repeat itself but it often rhymes um it, it just seems like this can't be the first time in human history that men have have taken this kind of turn and i put it off on men because i think women would react properly like them being like you said uh, like we were talking about earlier them being neurotic they're picking up on all the cues right they know what's going on they know what role they're supposed to fill instinctively yes and so and so it i put it on men because you know there's that old saying like hard times create hard men hard men create good times good times create soft men soft men create hard times so 
there's got to be some rhyme somewhere, you know, I mean, for people to be picking this up. Oh, there is, there is. I don't think, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that a lot of people are going to like the answer to it, but that's the answer we're informed of in history. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Okay. When we, when we created civilization, the goal of civilizations, right, right, mm -hmm. was to take the natural limiting factors on our population away from nature <clears throat> to more or less create a safe and secure society that would be accepting of those things that nature would not accept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was in order to create excess and with that excess expand civilization mm -hmm. and therefore expand the parameters of survivability for our species. Right. Right. So the more advanced you get a civilization or a society, the greater the tolerances become until a threshold is reached where nature asserts itself again, but through a different means. So that's kind of where we're headed, which is uh, frightening. Next on year zero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been one of the longest podcasts you and I have ever recorded. We usually try to keep it in an hour, but this was such yeah. a fun conversation. I just kind of let it keep going because I was, yeah, really, I, was, I was really enjoying this and I could probably keep going for four more hours, but I don't think anybody listening would want to listen to where this goes um not yet <laughs> but we'll get there we're gonna get there we're gonna do it but yeah man i think this is a great place to stop you know we kind of got a teaser out there like we are we are heading somewhere with all this this is not yes. just this is not just coop and oh, yeah. tommy just bullshitting about random crap you know like there no there is a goal there is a goal and there is a reason and I require a lot of context and that's why I don't know that many people or talk to that many people. <laughs> that's fine, man. I dude, I can't wait till <laughs> I can't wait till the day that you and I get to sit down and just drink beer and fucking hang out. Cause this like I'm like, God damn, why did it take Gord so long to introduce me to the coop? Uh, because Gord knows me. <laughs> Gord was Gord was weighing whether or not I could handle the coop. You can't handle the coop. Oh, I don't know if I can handle myself, man. No, Tommy, no. you have a good evening, okay? You do, brother. I really appreciate it. I hope it, you get I hope you get all the shit needed to get done around the place sooner than later. One one of these days, man. I I ain't got nothing but time. So. All right. All right, man. Take care. Intentions took you to your grave. Your pride is how they killed you with the flag you wave just like a fool. They promised you a mountain, 
gifted you a stone they demanded that you throw it into your neighbor's home and then seize all that they work for and give it to the throne just like a tool Teaching us in school. They dumps down all around propaganda, their pollution. They set a cage up on the stage, up a side for a solution. They build a wall, block them all from this mental institution. It's insane. Thank you.